I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Hope you're well and enjoying life wherever you are. I'm super, super excited to welcome my guest today. Her name is Megan Dumont, and she is a NICU nurse, a writer, and she also is a meditation and mindfulness facilitator from the greater Vancouver area. So she's been working through Instagram and TikTok, sharing her personal experiences of overcoming a brain tumor, adapting to single-sided deafness, and how these experiences put her on a spiritual path. And so it's it's really, really cool to have you here, Megan. Thank you so much for, for being a guest. Oh, thank you for asking me to be on here. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I mean, I would say when I first met you, it must have been a few years ago. And we met because you came for a reading. And I would say that there's just some people that I meet that I feel... I mean, I feel a connection to, to all the people that I work with, but there's just some in particular that really kind of like stick with you. And mm-hmm. I feel so much like from that time that that's been the experience. And so I know so much has changed for you over the course of these years. And, you know, recently we kind of reconnected. You started taking some development classes and stuff. So that's been pretty amazing to, you know, to see that part of your journey. But can you fill the listeners in on how this all started, like how, where, I don't even know where to begin, I guess, with, did the tumor, was that after or before the reading that we had together? Okay. So, no, I actually feel the same way with you as well. I remember thinking that like way back then, and it's weird because I almost feel like I was a bit of a different person then, which I will totally get into, but that was before. So when I met you, it was before I had kind of gone on to a bit of a different path and it's before I had surgery. And I think I came to you because I was like desperately seeking some comfort because I was basically, I'll kind of give a little bit of context before that. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm a NICU nurse now, but prior to becoming an RN, I was an LPN. All through my 20s, I went back to school, I studied to become an RN, and I always had the goal of becoming a NICU nurse. So I'm basically working with premature or term infants that are critically ill. So that was always my goal. And so I was always working really hard, kind of burning my candle at both ends, working as an LPN, studying to become a specialized RN, and somewhere in between, I didn't take care of myself. So I was always just really focused on my goals focused on kind of these meeting these things outside of myself that I, I started to identify myself with like, I am going to be a nurse and I'm going to be happy when I become a nurse and my life is going to suddenly improve when I become a nurse. So that was kind of my mindset before. So I was very like 
grinding and working and busy, busy, busy body. And then finally, in um, spring of 2016, I graduated the nursing program and I got a full-time position in the NICU right away. I graduated my BSN program and four days later, I was starting my specialty for my new job. So out of all those years, I didn't really even take much time to take care of myself or to slow down or reflect or anything like that. And basically, I was working and I was, I had, I had gotten to uh, kind of the end of what I perceived as my goals and I had just turned 30 and I was in the celebration mode. And then I wrote my board exam for nursing and the very next day I was sideswiped off the highway by a semi-truck. And so I was kind of forced to slow down. Shortly after that, I had a head MRI, which discovered a large golf-sized brain tumor. And at that point, I found out I needed brain surgery. And so all of those things kind of put all of my plans to a halt. And I had stopped and I basically had to, I was forced to slow down and forced to focus on my own healing. And I felt very, very lost because that's all that I knew how to do was be busy. And it was all Mm -hmm. that I had kind of identified myself with. And so when I saw you and when I met you, that was when I was waiting for surgery. And so I was in this really broken down place of like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what my life is supposed to be like. Like I just, it it almost like I kind of describe it a bit of a dark night of the soul. And so that was prior to my life changing. So I was really in like kind of the pit of my despair, I guess, when I had first met you. And so it's interesting reflecting back now and now to reconnect with you like five years later on a totally different path in a totally different way. And it was cool because back then you gave me so much comfort And now five years later, you give me so much comfort and also act as a mentor. And so it's really kind of come full circle. It's kind of cool to see this. Amazing. And I mean, that whole experience, like, first of all, the accident and just that without that accident, I mean, do you think they would have even found that tumor? Well, I think they would have. And it's, it sounds, I think of it. When I talk about it, sometimes people confuse that the accident happened and that discovered it, but it wasn't so much that I was already being investigated for some hearing loss that I was experiencing. And so Mm. what I do think, though, that that accident gave me was the the very first time the opportunity, which I didn't see it as an opportunity at the time, but it was an opportunity to slow down. And to focus on my healing and to get my attention to be like, you need to take care of yourself and you need to slow down. There's something really crazy happening in your life right now and you're not paying attention. And so that's kind of the way that I perceive it. And it just, Mm -hmm. so I had the accident, which still impacts me to this day, but it forced me to slow down and start paying attention to my health. And then it also, three weeks later, I was called for a cancellation of an MRI. I was supposed to have it way later that year, but because I was off work from the accident, I was able to go get the MRI earlier and the MRI had discovered the tumor. So it was all within maybe three to four weeks of each other. So it was a lot of trauma head on at the same time, but it was a chance to finally slow down after years and years and years. And it's weird because like, I was able to complete my goals and I was able to get everything that I had set out to 
to accomplish done for some reason that was meant to happen, I guess. And because I wrote my, it's called an NCLEX and it's basically a national board exam for nursing. You can't work Mm -hmm. in Canada without it. And so I wrote that and then I had the accident the very next day, like maybe 24 hours later. And so it's interesting because it was like, we'll let you complete all of your goals so that you had it there, but now you need to focus on health. And that's kind of how it felt. Yes. Well, and it's such a catalyst for change. And I think it's so right when it comes to the slowing down, because literally you had no other choice, like because of the accident and then because of this tumor, you had, you know, there was no other option. So you would have had to, I think, really go within And that would have been, that would have been probably very, I would assume very scary at times and the uncertainty, the unknown. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you like, what, how did you cope? Like what, when you were going through preparing for the surgery and all this stuff, what was, how was your way of managing that stress? Yeah. So it's interesting because like how I cope with things now is very different than how I would cope with things then. And that's why I think that that happened to kind of change me into how I am these days. But so it's interesting, even when I reflect back to how I coped, because uh, now I'd be like, okay, that's what not to do. But basically, (laughs) because I was just so used to being busy, and I almost just that was who I was slowing down. So I do think that sometimes when we slow down and we look, we, the reason we keep busy is because we're trying to hide from or avoid something, some sort of pain or some sort of pattern. So the way that I coped initially, because I was just not aware that there was any other way, it was just very anxious, very frantic. I would just call friends and would just talk about all of it. I almost like felt sorry for myself, like, how could this happen? And rightfully so, I was very anxious and I didn't really have the tools to manage. And so, so it was a lot of like, calling to vent, which fed into that energy. So it was just like this really frantic energy. And I remember just wanting to, and I just kind of shut out from the world. I didn't want to see anyone, but I just wanted to like vent about it. Like sometimes I would, and I would just be up all night, like contemplating things and being like, okay, how can I get through this? Like in my mind, just trying to logically figure it out. And, and so so like, it's not like I went out and was crazy and tried to numb the pain or anything. I just was in this like really anxious state. And then it was in the November of that year that I had seen the neurosurgeon for the first time. And I was just at a breaking point at that, at that time. And I, not even kidding, I ugly cried and completely hysterically cried through that entire appointment. Like I couldn't even hear what he was saying to me because I was hyperventilating in his office. And luckily my mom was with me at at that time, but I just was at this complete and absolute breaking point. And then just hearing the words that I needed brain surgery was just awful. And so I think that once I had my appointments in place, there was a bit of a plan in place. Obviously I was scared, especially when I saw the MRI picture of the tumor in my head that caused a lot of anxiety as well. But once there was a bit of a plan in place, I felt like, okay, I need to do something different. I can't just be in this frantic fight or flight survival mode much longer because I was just deteriorating, it felt like. And so I actually, I don't know, I wasn't overly connected with myself, but there was something inside of me that was saying to start a blog. 
And so mm-hmm. I did. So I just like went on WordPress. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just sat down and I just started writing a blog. And so then I just, I would just kind of put all of my energy and all of my feelings and thoughts into kind of like a story. And what I realized after every blog post that I wrote was that there were lessons that were coming through. And that was really cool because that was the first time in any of that experience that I saw, oh, maybe there's like something good coming of this. Maybe I'm learning something along the way. And so I started just every time I felt the urge to to discuss this or if I just kind of felt inspired to share what I was feeling, even if I was in rock bottom, I found that there was something positive that would come through in the writing. And then it was really cool because it started to connect me with different people who had the same thing. So I was connecting with people from all over the world. I remember particularly I connected with someone all the way from Australia and it was just kind of comforting to have other people out there and know and understand what I was going through and also other people who just were like yeah I feel the same way as you or you you wrote exactly what I was feeling so thank you for that so so it was cool to use that creative outlet to to start to begin to cope that way and so that was I would say the very beginning of that journey onto a bit of a new path because it just got me in touch with a totally different side of myself and also helped me just really identify, Hey, there's maybe some lessons in this trial that I'm going through right now. And so I kind of continued with that until shortly after the surgery. And so that kind of made me realize that I do have a love for writing and I do have a love for sharing and I have a love for, just really unpacking whatever it is that I'm going through and seeing what are the lessons, what are the patterns. And now it's become fast forward five years later, a huge part of my life is writing and journaling and self-reflection. And so anyhow, that's, that's how I coped as I was waiting for surgery and, and shortly after. Wow. Well, looking back, I'm sure you can see how spirit really was prepping you, you know, they were really preparing you for this next chapter, you know, this next part of your life. And I think what you found was a connection to yourself, a connection to your soul, you built like a community, and also discovered this real inspiration, you know, this real outlet and a tool that you could use not only for your own healing, but to help other people. So, I mean, that in itself is a huge, huge blessing. What what else did you say that you learned from the tumor? Yeah, that it's crazy because I still to this day, I reflect and think, wow, I learned this. But I would say the first thing that I learned even before I had, had recognized, oh, there is lessons in this. I just learned how to slow down. And I learned that it doesn't, because I think for the longest time I would, associate slowing down at like maybe with laziness or maybe with like I'm not worthy if I'm not being productive but what I've realized is sometimes the most productive thing we can do is slow down and rest and that sometimes we actually speed up our life by taking uh, time to slow down so so Mm -hmm. yeah so it taught me how to slow down it taught me how to reflect on my time and my interests and the importance of having a balanced life so from the brain surgery I lost 
half of my hearing and I lost my balance. So I always say that losing my hearing taught me how to listen to the voice within and losing my balance taught me how to live a more balanced life. And I truly, truly believe that. So those are effects of the surgery. Another thing that tumor taught me was it taught me how to learn how to ask for help. And that was something that was really hard for me because I was a nurse and I was young. I was in my twenties, early thirties. So asking for help wasn't something ever on my radar. Whereas like I couldn't even walk after surgery. I had my mom take care of me, like have to, had to help me bathe and everything. And so learning how to ask for help was really important. And um, yeah, just learning how to like, I completely reevaluated my value system. I completely even evaluated like, what is my day-to-day life? Want? What do I want my day-to-day life to look like? What do I want my future to look like? What do I want my career to look like? And also, I've not not just learned things, but I've unlearned a lot of things as well. So like learning new habits and patterns, but also learning ways of being and healing, healing like kind of deeply embedded wounds as well as just letting go of things from the past. So it's pretty complex, <laughs> which I won't I'll, I'll get into if you like, but, but yeah, it definitely taught me a lot. That, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like it. And the big thing that stands out is it almost allowed you to be vulnerable and yeah. maybe that that you had never really been able to do, or, you know, had been forced to do. And I remember feeling that way. And when I had after a week after I had my son, so this is like a long time ago, he's 17 now, but when he was born a week after I had uh, my appendix ruptured and I've talked about it on the show before, but anyways, after the surgery, I literally, you know, like I, I just, I remember being in the bathroom and not really being able to even like walk very easily on my own, let alone do anything that I needed to do. And I remember just, sitting in the bathroom and crying and just being like, I need so much help at this moment, but I'm supposed to be the one there for him. I'm supposed to be taking care of my newborn baby. And here I am like, I need to ask everyone for everything. And it was so sobering. It was such a like help in that moment, such a helpless feeling. And I kind of feel like, Oh, that was that I can kind of relate to, you know, what you're saying, but it did, it does, it makes you vulnerable. And then you kind of have to then look within and go, okay, what, what can I do? So you start to empower yourself being able to being able to slow down. I mean, most of the people listening to this podcast are quite sensitive and intuitive and, you know, empathic. And I would say, to some extent, lots of us have been uh, people pleasers, or at least overachievers, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. such a trait. And I even know for myself, it's a real addiction, like busyness is kind of addictive. And it is a hard thing to break when you're used to it. And I love what you said about the, you know, the balance in life and then also being able to listen, you know, so two major, major lessons. Do you find sometimes it's tempting to slip back into old habits when it comes to the busyness? Oh, yes. It's so interesting you ask that question because I think of that sometimes. Like the thing is, yes, I don't think that Mm -hmm. I think that it's hard when you're Mm -hmm. changing your habits and patterns 
it's not necessarily a permanent change. I think that some things are, and I think you do deep healing and you just view things differently. But I think there are ways where, especially if we're triggered or if we're going through a challenging or a very busy period, it's, it's just only natural that we go back to what we knew for so long. But I think mm-hmm. the only difference now is I have awareness of it. So instead of just like, for example, when I was like burning my candle at both ends all through nursing school, I was having hearing loss on one side and balance issues. Half of my face was going numb, yet I didn't like slow down enough to even like make time to go to the doctor or to be like, hey, my body feels funky. Whereas now all it takes is me like, cause I'll still, no matter how busy I get, I still take the time to journal and go within before even starting my days. But usually that's when I can pay attention to even my mood, if my mood is off or if I'm exhausted or maybe short tempered or like maybe I'm, I'm reactive towards my, my partner. Sometimes I'll just feel a bit like, okay, well maybe I need to slow down or maybe I need to just take some time to do something different, but it, it can be tempting, especially when, especially right now I'm in this place of creative energy. So I'm constantly wanting to explore different creative avenues. And so I'm working as a nurse and I'm have all these ideas and I want to do all the things and be social post COVID, not necessarily post COVID, but you know what I mean? It's just a bit more open now. And so it's easy to just get busy, busy, busy. But I think now I just, I don't like being that busy anymore. I just, I just can recognize it a little bit quicker than I could before. And so I I try not to judge myself or beat myself up um, for it too, too much, but definitely those, those busy times ebb and flow. Yes. No, I I can totally see that. And it, it makes perfect sense. What do you think is, or did you notice signs along the way, like looking back or even during like this whole healing process of, so after your surgery, how long would you say that that physical healing took? And then did you notice any signs from spirit or, or anything like that along the way? Yeah. So Physical, it's difficult to say because I had that car accident as well. And so it was like, but I know that I didn't feel physically even back to a baseline. Like it was almost like it changed. So it did take me a good year of physical healing to just feel like I could, I think energy wise, it takes a lot out of you to have a brain surgery. Mm -hmm. So I would say a good year of physical healing and then another good year of like emotional and mental, like it it was a long process. And, but I definitely felt like I was getting signs along the way. And so it's interesting because when I was in the hospital before I had turned to any sort of spiritual or personal development path, a friend of mine came to visit me and she brought me the book, the universe has your back. And Mm. so when I got home and I just, I couldn't do much. So I started reading and journaling. And one of the first um, chapters in that book is asking the universe for a sign. So it was always asking for little signs that things were going to be okay, or is this what I'm meant to do? And so it's kind of funny because one time when I was, I was in this weird crossroads because I didn't think that I could work as a nurse again with my hearing issue. Mm -hmm. And so I was in this process of almost grieving that life that I thought that I would live and then starting to rebuild. So I started taking taking some courses at, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Rhodes Wellness College. Oh, yes, I've heard. Yeah, it's lovely. But I just took a couple courses there. 
And just while I was trying to figure out my way, because I was thinking, oh, maybe I could help people through through wellness practices or help them move forward after going through something kind of, that was, I think, part of my own processing was thinking that that's how I wanted to move forward with my career. And so I was, but I was still like my very first class, my very first day, I just bawled my eyes out and I didn't know why. I was just like, why am I crying so hard? And it was like this weird weird shift in like my energy and everything and I just it was almost like a a letting go and I just couldn't stop crying and then I remember the instructor she was saying to me she's like with all change comes grief and so it was like just this transition time in my life and so I remember asking for a sign and I was like if I'm in the right place show me a purple balloon and for some reason, I just had that in my mind. And I was like, I just want to see a purple balloon just to give me some comfort knowing that I was in the right place. Um, so that entire week went by, like it was a Monday to Friday kind of thing. And every morning I just asked and I just said, show me a purple balloon if I'm on the right path of this new path, even though it was an emotional time. I just just wanted reassurance that I was on the right path. And so that entire week went by, I didn't see one. And it's funny because I was like looking, like I'd like look at all the balloons I saw and just kind of like was almost seeking it. And then I just forgot about it. And then around 4 p.m. on that Friday, for some reason, I just looked in, there was a mirror on like the back end of the room that I was, we were sitting in and I noticed a reflection of a balloon. So there was a balloon in the closet or something. And I go back there, I look around the corner and there was a purple balloon in the classroom. <laughs> and it was so weird because then I said to that instructor, I'm like, she's like, why are there balloons in here? This is weird. And like, I hadn't told anybody that that's what I was seeking. So it was funny because it was like the very, really random thing that I asked for in that exact yeah. room that I was in all week. And I didn't see it. I didn't notice it all week. I actually didn't notice it until I almost forgot about it. And so yeah. it's really interesting. So I felt like that was just like a, a cute little, very clear sign for me. Now I'm at the point where, and like even in your class and stuff, like I try, like, of course I ask for signs, but I try, I'm really trying my best to just trust how I feel now instead of um, necessarily saying, I need a sign to know this is right. I just kind of trust my knowing now. I totally know what you're saying with the signs. Sometimes in the beginning, that's that we're kind of desperate, like we're just always seeking that kind of reassurance. And then as you go through your your development and as you go through life, there is this sense of starting to trust more and more what your own soul, you know, is telling you. But I do love, you know, that that sometimes those little nudges or the winks that we get from the universe just basically being like, yes, like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. All is well, which is amazing. I love that. You know, I was thinking also, the brain, I mean, so much of what happens, especially when we're connecting with spirit, has to do with the brain and has to do with the mind and the mind of the, you know, the medium and all this stuff. So I always am curious with people that have had brain trauma or any kind of brain, you know, anything. And then afterwards seem to find some kind of newfound. It's not like you never, I'm sure you always had the intuitive ability and it was always there, you know, probably always a very sensitive person, but it's almost like, I wonder if 
going through that experience, not only, you know, the lessons that you learned, but if there wasn't something that was kind of awakened within, you know, within the the part of the brain, I, I think it's quite possible. I think so too. It's interesting. So that's always something that interesting. It is because I think the yeah left side of the brain is a bit more logical, right side is a bit more imaginative and intuitive, and so it's interesting because I have brain damage yeah. on the left side of my brain. Luckily, it's in an area where it's just he it's hearing imbalance. It's not um, like cognitive ability, but it's like that side had to be quieted a little bit so that I could be more in touch with that other side, which is now very dominant in my life. And I've heard of other people too. Like there was this, I think she was a psychologist or something. And she also had a stroke and um, she has that Ted talk, my stroke of insight. And she also had the same thing where, yeah, where half of her brain, like she was impacted by a stroke and her left side of her, I think it was her left side, the part of her body. And then this led to a major spiritual awakening for her and she just got in so much in touch with like that still quietness and a totally different lifestyle and it's so amazing listening to her story but even like last Christmas day so last year I got kind of caught up in the busyness that we were talking about and I felt like I wasn't prioritizing my meditation and stuff as much as I was and then on Christmas day I go out on the snowmobile with my boyfriend and I ended up with a concussion, which forced me to slow down again and just kind of go within. And then it just got me right back on track. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they're almost like hitting me across the head multiple times just to get me to to slow down and to listen within. Same. Recently, I mean, it wasn't a major concussion, but um, a couple of years ago, I had a major concussion. And yeah, same type thing, literally stopping you in your tracks. And uh, it forces you, it really does force you to go within and slow down because you don't, you don't have a choice then. So that's kind of amazing. (laughs) Wow. And you know, it's funny when you were saying the start of the purple balloon, I always like um, draw, write, doodle as I'm like doing this or, you know, anytime I'm really, even when I'm doing readings, I'm oftentimes like writing and drawing at the same time. And I had a purple, purple highlighter in my hand. And I was just drawing these um, purple hearts everywhere. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, you're talking about purple. And there's like an orange highlighter, a yellow one, a pink one. But no, I had the purple one in my hand. That's um, so so that's kind of cool. That is cool. It's funny because yeah. every time I see purple balloons now, I think of that. And I always just see it as this little sign. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just something I'll never forget because I think it was just sparked something within me. So that's really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That purple spiritual color mm-hmm. um so that's a bit so what would you say um inspires you these days yeah oh, okay so much so after all of this i just realized that there was a totally different way of living my life and so so it was really cool because like i kind of was forced off that road i was living and went on this new path that is Like I'm really into personal and spiritual development. And so I find it like I love listening to podcasts. I love your podcasts and very similar genre. So I have a whole list and like I'll clean or I'll walk my dog or I'll just like sit and listen to podcasts, especially when I'm driving too. And I find like listening to other people's stories about how they have overcome things, what they've learned through things. Like I always find that inspires me because it comes from a place of 
you you don't just learn it in a book when you learn things through life experience it's like you learn something that is it's just so deep so meaningful so personal and when people share it it i find it really inspiring so i love watching that or listening to things like that I love reading. So different books that have like, I could literally sit there. I just have the Kindle app and I just read like every single day I read. And I don't know, it just makes me feel good. I I find it a lot of the stories in it, or even just like learning about different spiritual concepts or different, even I think it's interesting how people change their habits and change their patterns. And when people go back and they like, I find it inspiring when people can say, forgive someone or like those really deep things that are very difficult that a lot of the times people will go their entire life point to the fingers at someone else when people can actually like it's inspiring take full responsibility for their life and then share how they're able to do that and it teaches some really really good lessons so those are that's inspiring i think sometimes i just feel inspired by very simple things so it could be like like now when i walk my dog often i'll just leave my phone at home and I just try to pay attention to nature. So like, I'll just like breathe in the fresh air and just like, oh, like feel it on my skin and notice the colors of the flowers, notice the birds, like pay attention to how joyful my dog is and those tiniest little simple things. But then I can come home and I feel so grounded and I feel so just almost inspired. Like I'm like, it's so nice uh, being able to find joy in the most simple moments rather than like before I was constantly seeking these big extravagant events in my life to bring me true joy and fulfillment, which I would always get there and it never was what I thought it would be. So it's really nice being able to find almost inspiration in the smallest, most simple form. And so, yeah, yeah. A few other things to inspire me too. I I think those are the main things. (laughs) I find that's a common trait with spiritual people, people who are more spiritually minded, we can see things in life, in the world, especially the natural world, that maybe other people might not notice, or they might just take for granted sometimes. And then it seems to me we have this ability to see very simple moments in time, but to realize the extraordinary, you know, aspect of that, or the miracle in things. And I think that's a huge that's a huge blessing to be able to, to see it. I mean, of course, there's times when I'm sure we miss it too. But uh, for the most part, it seems to me we're on the lookout for those moments, you know, and that's, that's what kind of enriches life, I think, when you, you can see those things. So I love that about you. Yeah. What do you say about favorite books, writers? Like, what are your favorite books that you think maybe our listeners might be interested in? Well, I'm reading a bunch right now. I mean, for, I think that people reading your, or sorry, listening to your podcast are probably already quite evolved, but if someone's kind of new or on the path, I found something that helped me just on the beginning of my path was Universe Has Your Back. And I read a lot of Gabby's books, but now I'm more into like things like I love Byron Katie loving what is like, I'm in the process of reading one of her books right now too, which it's all about just coming back to present moment awareness and paying attention to our thoughts and how they, it's like those four questions. I don't know if you've heard of her work, but she's amazing as well. I love Gary Zukav. Uh, Seed of the Soul is really good too. I love him. That was my first spiritual book I think I ever read. I was like, 
maybe 19-ish or something, like around that age. And that book is phenomenal. I love him. Untethered Soul is really beautiful as well. I'm reading this one book from this girl called Brianna Wiest. She's awesome. And she it's called 101 Essays to Change the Way You Think. I'm also reading right now, it's called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. She's the holistic psychologist. Oh. And so she, that's actually a yeah. really good book. And it just really breaks down like how to do the inner work and inner child work and childhood trauma and all of that stuff. So that's, that's really interesting as well. So I like a mixture of those also a new earth Eckhart Tolle. I feel like that's a pretty life changing book as well. So any, I actually in a book club and these are the type of books that we read is mainly um, spiritual and personal development. And so I usually have a few on the go. Also Marianne Williamson's also amazing. I return to love and she has another good one, The Law of Divine Compensation, which is really good, too. Mm -hmm. So um, okay. those type of genres I really enjoy. Beautiful. And what about your writing process? What does that look like? Yeah, it's funny because I will ebb and flow with my writing. and But sometimes what will happen is I'll just... Sometimes I literally wake up at like 3 in the morning and I'll just have like something that I need to write. So sometimes I'll, I'll usually just type it in my notepad in my phone and then go back to bed. But sometimes like I have a bunch of articles out on um, elephant journal and I've started writing my own book, but I think that that's, that's going to be more of a long-term goal, <laughs> getting that process out into the world. And I think for the longest time, I just had my own limiting beliefs about it. But I would love to just share my story, share different lessons along the way. And that's something that I'd like to do. But usually when I write, it's kind of a process. I don't know if this sounds kind of crazy, but it's almost like I'm, I'm um, listening and writing at the same time. So I'm like, it, like sometimes something will just come through and I'll be like, I did, I wasn't expecting to write that or it will, I'll, I'll intend to write about something. And then by the time it's done, it's a completely different message. So usually right now, like when I, I write messages, like on my Instagram thing, the half deaf nurse, a huge part of that is me sharing stories and sharing um, different lessons that I have through pieces of writing, just on little pictures that I share and so often I'll just feel inspired and it will just flow through me. Often the be I find that like the most interesting or the ones that I get the best feedback on are ones where I'm not thinking too much about it. It just kind of flows through me and I'm not thinking about it for a couple of days. It literally just kind of comes right through me. And so, yeah, so, so writing is, I love it. I think it's very healing, very therapeutic, very, it's such a nice creative outlet to have. And so it'll be, I think, part of my life. I don't know at what capacity, but for the rest of my life, I feel like in a way, it's just something that my soul really craves and loves. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, the process doesn't sound crazy to me because that's exactly what I do. And the, the feeling is very much it's inspired, you know. So the beauty of it is that you're open to allowing yourself to be influenced, you know, allowing yourself to be receiving mm -hmm. the flow of the information and the words and the ideas. So it's very similar to what you're doing, say, if you were reading for someone, you know, so if you were doing like a soul to soul reading or an intuitive reading or even a mediumship reading, you're kind of 
you're listening, you're open and receptive. And then instead of speaking the words, you're putting, you know, you're allowing them to flow through you and come into the written form, you know, so it's very similar. So I, I find that most writers who have that ability to really, you know, to almost go into that trance like state, you know, when they're, when they're writing, they're, they're basically connecting with spirits, you know, and same with, I find especially musicians who write their own lyrics and write their own music. They're definitely, they're tapping into something, you know, it's almost like spirit giving this inspiration and then we're receiving it and it's a co-creation, you know? So I don't think it's always just all spirit. I think that we, they work with our innate qualities, our abilities and the aspects that, you know, we, we also embody. And then it's like you put it together and it's this beautiful co-creation. So it's pretty, it's pretty powerful and I can always feel it when people write that way or speak that way. There's something different, a different quality about it. Yeah, for sure. I love when Dr. Wayne Dyer says that when you're inspired, you're in spirit. So it's, you're not like the difference mm-hmm. between thinking a thought and receiving a thought. So it's kind of that whole, like when I feel most inspired is when I should write when I'm feeling out of the flow and I'm feeling a bit like I have to force what I'm saying. It never lands the same way as when it's kind of that inspired almost channeling throughout type of message. And so I do agree with you. And that's the thing that I love listening to musicians who listen or who write their own lyrics because it's pretty amazing some of the stuff they come up with like it's there's no way that our logical mind could just think that like it's it's some of the most beautiful songs are the ones that are are from that inspired place I think so I think so too and that's why it's always this such appreciation for people that are into the like that are artists and into the like that creative flow because it's such it's such a healing, you know, they're basically working through that energy and then putting it out into the world and creating these ripples of healing. Yes. You know, so you could see you could see it, you could feel it. And it's kind of like how that Maya Angelou quote when she talks about like people may forget what you say, but they're never gonna forget the way you make them feel. And that's how I sort of see it, that you could say all kinds of things from your logical mind. You know, we can all study and learn and, and do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like how you communicate and the energy that you bring forward and your intention and all of this other stuff, that's what I think actually translates. And that's what has the power to really create healing yeah. and connection is inspiration, you know, so inspired speaking, inspired writing, all of that stuff. I think that's what makes it powerful. That's how I think that's why some people are, you know, when you feel drawn to somebody, there's that, there's that aspect. I agree it. too. It's like people's energy will speak far more than what they need to say. And that's why I always, um, especially on my page, it's like to kind of bring out messages of like, sometimes we don't know what to say to someone, for example, when they're going through a traumatic time or a loss or something. And it's okay to not know what to say. It's okay to be quiet and just really bring that loving energy towards whatever space or capacity you're in, even if it's from afar, because people feel it. It's not necessarily, they're not, especially if people are in a state of trauma or they're going through something really heavy, like they aren't hearing what you're saying, but they're feeling how you're showing up for them. And so that's what's so important in so many different capacities. Like I do love that quote so much from Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. And and 
becoming, I think, like more and more able to just hold space for someone else, you know, and just what that actually means, I think is different to different people. But in my opinion, that's, that's one of the most healing things you can do. And, you know, I sometimes laugh because the work, the work that I do, all I do is chat. Like all I'm doing is talking at 24 seven. Like I sometimes lose my voice and get laryngitis because all I do is talk. (laughs) But end of the day, um, some of the most profound times are when I'll say something and then there is this just this moment, this pause, this something happening. And it is a holding of space for that other person, for their grief, for their um, love, for whatever it is that, you know, that they're experiencing. And I even think about it too sometimes when I've had the opportunity to be with people at the end of their lives, like hospice situation. And in those moments, I think that's literally what it comes down to. Some people just have this ability to be able to hold a holy or a sacred space for somebody else. And that is no words really necessary. That's not even about like what you're saying or what you know or how talented you might be. That's literally about your soul and like connecting with someone else on that, that, that level. And I think that's what you're kind of, that's kind of maybe what you have learned also, you know, through what you've gone through is that, that ability to just be present and be there for yourself and also how to do that for other people. Yeah, for sure. I do agree. That's a beautiful space to be, especially too in, in your line of work, especially my line of work as a NICU nurse as well. Sometimes you don't have the answers, but you can still bring forth that caring, empathetic energy towards towards someone but I do agree is and I wasn't able to hold space for other people until I learned how to hold space for myself and so and I wasn't able to really be present for other people until I learned what that meant in my life and so that's what I think it always comes down to um, like learning how to incorporate and integrate those things into your day-to-day life and how you can use those tools to improve your own quality of life, but also improve your relationships as well. Because once you start integrating, that just becomes part of how you show up in every situation. And so, yeah, when I was ungrounded, I had ungrounded relationships and I had frantic energy. I was going to experience frantic energy around me. So it all came from that relationship that I was able to cultivate within so that I was able to extend that outward, which I'm so grateful for. Like I wouldn't change any single thing that I've been through so that I could, like, I'm so happy with how I can show up in the world today. And I wouldn't be this way without going through that. So I think it was such a gift. Definitely. And to be able to see that, you know, to have the vision to be able to see that is huge. And I know that so many people are going to continue to be inspired by what you're teaching, what you're sharing. And I, I love it. The stories, I think, are really what connect us. And that's what I love too. That inspires me too. That's why I love listening to to podcasts as well and reading. It's like, that's, that's something that I think we can all, we can all share. And it is, it is so, it is so uplifting. It's amazing to, to connect in that way. Advice for anyone who may be going through a traumatic time, some kind of either health crisis or a grief over, you know, the change in, in some kind of life change, anything that you would, you would say? The big thing that just almost like, it feels like it just popped in my head, like a, in bold letters, just remember to breathe. 
Because I think that sometimes, well, not sometimes, but our nervous system gets so out of whack when we're going through something traumatic and we shallow right breathe a lot. And so that can kind of keep us stuck in that sympathetic nervous system. And so our body is filled with cortisol. We are just constantly going to be feeling anxious. And I think that sometimes it's as simple as remembering to take deep, long breaths can be just a natural way for our body to relax and go into that parasympathetic um, system where we can rest and digest and that it may not be the answer for everyone. And it may not even be, it's definitely not the only thing to do, but just remembering to breathe and that sometimes the most simple thing that we can do is just take a deep, long breath in the moment because it doesn't matter where you are, if you're at work or if you're driving or if you're in a group of people and you're starting to feel that response taking a deep, long breath. So usually I say, take maybe three or four seconds of a a deep breath in, hold it. And then if you exhale, even one to two seconds longer than your inhale, it helps your nervous system switch into that parasympathetic nervous system to relax quite quickly. And I find, for example, my work is, can be pretty traumatic at times. You have to sometimes just act very quickly with these critically ill babies. And sometimes when I'm in that um, state where it can be extremely stressful, I just slow down my breathing and I'm able to respond a lot more effectively. And so in this type of situation where our body is naturally responding, so whether it's you're getting bad news or you're grieving or you're in this process of a really dark place, being as simple as just trying to pay attention to your breathing, whether it's in the morning or throughout the day or before bed or when you're driving, just con- uh, consciously being aware of your breath can can help with that in that really uncertain time, as well as taking time to do things like I, for me, what really helped was the writing. Like so, finding something creative that could, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It could be maybe you like paint or maybe drawing. But the one thing that changed my experience when I was just going through the darkest times of my life was starting that blog. And so I found there were so many benefits of starting that from just giving me a positive outlet, helping me connect with other people who were going through it, helping me see that there were some positives in the midst of the turmoil. That really helped me because yeah, it just helped me go from that, just wanting to vent, wanting to figure things out to an entirely different energy. So maybe finding a, a creative way. And I also think it's it's so important to ask for help. So whether it is professional help, so through a counselor or therapist or energy healing or whatever it might be for someone, or just even reaching out to loved ones or friends, people that they trust that can really hold space for them. I think it's so important to be able to ask for help when you're going through such a difficult time. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And so often it'll come up in readings and I'll know if someone's been shallow breathing for a while. And I'll be like, literally the guidance is you need to take some deep breaths. Yes. And it sounds, it sounds so simple and it really is. But we do forget. We do forget to do that. So it is something that's free. We could do it anytime. Yeah. So we might as well take advantage of that. And do you know what's funny? I just had this idea. I was like, oh, I'm going to pull 
um, a card. And then I was like, no, I just opened this book. It's called In the Silence. Just open it to a random page, although we know it's not random. (laughs) And I'll just read to you what it's. I feel like it's pretty much bang on what we've been talking about. So it says, on purpose. And it says, into every life come challenges. Were it not so, there would be no point in being human. How you handle them is the test, the test of being human. You cannot stay here forever. The human body is a beautiful instrument, but it does break down. At times, this is intentional, caused by poor choices. At others, merely the aging of the machine. Before it gives out on you, you may want to use it for the purpose for which it was designed. It houses and expresses the most beautiful treasure of all, the spirit that is you. Treat this vessel with love and respect. You have a lot more learning to do. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. If you don't mind sending me a picture of that after, that gave me goosebumps you reading that. What a gorgeous message. And it just kind of like completely talks about exactly what we just spent an hour talking about. So that's amazing. The passage is from In the Silence and it's by Suzanne Giesman. And so that's a beautiful, a beautiful uh, little excerpt. Oh, and now I can hear you again. So that's perfect. Okay, perfect. Um, I will, I will send that to you. So In the Silence, and it's by Suzanne Giesman. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, my name on there is at half death nurse. So yeah, that's my main Instagram handle, as well as I'm on TikTok too. I love TikTok. I, it's funny because I always thought it was for like teenagers, but when I went on there, I learned so much and I saw so many amazing videos. So I started making some videos on there as well. So my TikTok is half deaf nurse 86. And yeah, I'm in the process of making a website and stuff, but mainly just on those two flat platforms at this time. And then I have a link where I have, um, you can go to some of my writing that's on Elephant Journal. So yeah, that's where they can find me. Amazing, amazing. Well, I mean, I know there's going to be more to come. I We've chatted about things that I have visions for you doing uh, in the future. But I certainly am just really grateful to have you here to share your story and also to have you in life, you know, to, to experience you and your energy. And literally, we are both Geminis. We could sit here probably for hours. <laughs> 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 I got the communication uh, with you. That's just ingrained. Uh, but I, I, I thank you so much. I just think that you are such a shining light and it's a blessing to, blessing to know you. Oh, I think the exact same of you. So I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. That's so fun. I can't even believe it's been an hour, but you ask such thoughtful questions. So I really appreciate you having me on here today. Oh, well, you'll have to come back. I will. 100%. Come back time. Awesome. Oh, All right. Good. Take good care. Thank and for you. everyone listening, um, just sending you blessings, feel free to join up with the email newsletter if you want to be kept in, up to date with what I'm offering and what I'm up to. I'll put the link in the show notes. And just wish you guys lots of love. Take care.